This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, my name is Paul Wheelock and welcome to your latest podcast on the Blood Red channel. This show will primarily focus on Paris Saint-Germain and the superstars standing in the way of Liverpool qualifying for the Champions League knockout stages with a game to spare. But we will also take a broader look at French football, the players Liverpool have signed from Liga, the ones they have missed out on and the ones they should target. And to help me do just that, I picked up the phone to Rich Allen, a French football writer and podcaster for Get French Football News and French Football Weekly. We talk PSG and Wednesday night's game, the fitness and form of Neymar and Mbappe, what Thomas Tuchel's side have learned from their defeat to Liverpool at Anfield in September, and just how big a disaster it would be if Paris Saint-Germain was to exit the Champions League at the group stage. We also talk PSG's domination of Liga, what that means for French football, and whether they overshadow a league that has been and continues to be a breeding ground for some of the best young players in Europe. And with the January transfer window fast approaching, I asked Rich his thoughts on a young player Liverpool have been linked with, how Nabil Fakir is getting on after seeing his dream move to Anfield collapse, and those conveniently timed rumours suggesting PSG are interested in Fabinho. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Well, hi, Rich. First and foremost, thank you very much for joining me on this podcast to talk PSG versus Liverpool on Wednesday night in the Champions League, plus, plus a few other things besides. Are you keeping well, mate? I'm very well, thanks, Paul. Yeah, good to have you on, as I say. Yes, but I suppose the first question I should ask is the burning one. Uh, it's the one that Liverpool will be wondering the answer to going into the game. Do you think Neymar and Kylian Mbappe will be fit after their injuries they, they picked up on international duty? Yeah, it, it looks like they will be. Um, certainly, um, over the, towards the end of last week and over the weekend, I think there were concerns that one or both would miss out um, due to the knocks they picked up during that international break, as you say. Um, it, it doesn't look like they're going to miss out. They both have have trained um, as normal with the team uh, early part of this week. So it looks as though any, any fears of them missing out um, are hopefully, from a PSG point of view, uh, not going to materialise. If we were to err on the side of caution and say they were to miss out, you know, they fair late fitness tests, and we all know what wonderful world-class players are, the goal record again this season is incredible, but do you think PSG could cope without losing both for a game of this magnitude? There's there's potential. Um, I mean, obviously, in the in the in in the first game at Anfield, you know, neither Neymar nor nor they particularly shined. But there's obviously, you know, it's no doubting that they are both world class talent. Um, in 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 Angel Di Maria and and Julian Draxler, PSG have you know great replacements, and actually both have really stepped up their performances when asked upon. Um, as I say, Di Maria and Draxler, they're perhaps not the, the first team players that they were hoping to be at the moment, but they are both um, performing very well when called upon from PSG. So if the worst comes to the worst from a PSG perspective and both Mbappe and Neymar are forced to miss out, it's obviously going to be a big blow for PSG, but they know that in, in Di Maria and Draxler, they have players who have proven their ability to stand up when needed. Of course, you, you mentioned that first game at Anfield between the teams in September, and I think that stuck out for me was a bit of a disregard by Neymar and Mbappe just to, to track back to do the basics. And you know, I think they allowed Alexander Arnold and Robinson on the wings, so the, the fullbacks, the freedom of the flanks. As, but I know at that time PSG were you know starting a new system four three three under Tuchel. Has that system changed at all, or would they have to do a bit more hard graft, you know, on Wednesday night if Robinson and Alexander Arnold are doing what they're doing again? 
Well, over the last few weeks, and it was alluded to in the summer when Tuchel took over, um, it, it took a while for him to implement it, but it seems as though he's going with it now, is he's now starting to play three at the back. Um, so it looks like it's going to be a slightly different formation than the Anfield game um, come Wednesday night. It looks like they're going to play three at the back with two wing backs then. Um, that hopefully, you know, you're not you're not going to get a huge amount of tracking back at the best of times from Neymar and Mbappe. No. They're not those they're not those kind of players, and and ultimately you don't have those kind of players. You know, if, you, if you're going to ask them to track back, you're going to you know you're going to look at perhaps modifying their effect in terms of going forward. So by playing that that three at the back, the two wing backs, it just adds an additional layer of protection. Because you know Tuchel knows he's, he he'll get tracking back from Cavani. Cavani is known very, very well known for his his defensive duties as well. And actually, I think he's very very good at that. It's a very underrated part of his game. But you're not going to get that from Mbappe and Neymar. And it's perhaps a little bit foolish to suggest that that is what PSG need to get from those players because that's that's not how they play. No. And you know it's it's you know you don't you don't ask those kind of players to do that. You build a system that gets the best out of your world class talent. And so Tuchel has has, has had a little um, play around with his defence. And yeah, he looks like he's settled on this this three at the back formation. How good has Mbappe been this season? We all seen and marvel at his performances in the World Cup, uh, and he seems to have kicked on again. I think he's got eleven or is it thirteen goals in total, eleven in the league, and seven starts. Is he just going from strength to strength? Uh, he is, he is. I mean, there are still performances that are perhaps slightly off the pace. And I think one thing that we have to, you know, cut a little bit of slack with Mbappé is we, we do all forget, you know, even even those that have watched him from the beginning, we all forget, actually, he's not got a huge amount of experience. Um, you know, he's still very young. He's still very raw. He's only just about to turn 20. And already, you know, he's, you know, the next great thing. Um so it's, it's perhaps understandable that there are going to be one or two games where he's slightly off the pace, but when he's on it, you know, he's he's absolutely clinical. We saw um, in the game earlier in the season against Lyon where he, in the space of about 15 minutes, single-handedly pretty much destroyed Lyon. And, you know, Lyon are one of the, you know, one of the stronger teams in the division. So, you know, there's no, there's no doubting his talent. Um, I think the only thing that, that's going to stop him being, you know, a true great is is whether the sort of lure and attraction of the Paris lights perhaps prove a little too much of a distraction, but there's there's absolutely no doubt in his talent. He is he is world class. So do you think in your mind like Mbappe and Neymar, given this system change and given they're probably performing better than they were in September time, if they are fit, they will give Liverpool more problems on Wednesday night because even though it was a three two game, I thought Liverpool were fairly comfortable winners over the, the whole piece. But do you think it might be a bit different on Wednesday? I expect it to be different. I think three-two was was well. The fact that Liverpool had to score pretty much an injury time winner was was borderline criminal. I thought <laughs> yeah. the, the dominance that Liverpool showed in that game and how poor PSG were. That three-two was an incredibly flattering scoreline for PSG. Um, it will be different um, come Wednesday night. I've, I've no doubt about that. Um, you know, PSG going in, going into this game. It's, it's effectively a must-win game. You know, they obviously lose, they're out. A draw is is pretty, you know, leaves them in a pretty dire state. It's, it's got to be a win that they've got to go out and get. So I'm expecting 
um, a, a much more positive display. I think in the in the in the first game, PSG just looked, you know, they sort of rabbit in the headlights feel to them, which is quite unusual for PSG, especially um, you know in Europe they've not been phased too many times, certainly in the group stages. So I think this has been a real, real wake-up call. Um, so I'm expecting a, a much more positive, uh, a much more dangerous-looking um, PSG performance on Wednesday. How much of a disaster would it be for the club if they weren't to qualify to, for the knockout stages? In the defence, they've been handed a tough group, and in years gone by when they've got through to knockout stages, they've had some really hard ties. But would it be acceptable to, to the owners if, if PSG were to, to fall into the, the Europa League or, who knows, even out of Europe completely? Well, I'm sure they'd probably spin it as to, you know, well, this is Tuchel's first year. We're changing, you know, policy. FFP is restricted on what we can spend. You know, excuse, excuse, excuse. But forgetting all that, it, it would be a disaster. You know, we know that PSG dominate in the in the league domestically. Champions League is where it's at. That's where this whole PSG product project has been geared towards is success on the European side of things. So to go out in the group stuff, Forgetting how, you know, it, it was a tricky group. It is a tricky group. There's no hiding behind that. But looking at the squad, the investment that's been made, the players that they've got, not to qualify from this group would be an unmitigated disaster, I think. Yeah, they obviously cruise in the French top division, particularly this season with 14 wins from 14. So when it comes to games like uh, these against Liverpool on Wednesday night, do they struggle to make the step up? Um, there's an argument to be had there that, that that's the case. But, you know, I think you look at, perhaps not this season, but in seasons gone by, you look at Bayern Munich. You know, Bayern Munich have, have, have you know, pretty much walked the Bundesliga for the last few seasons and have still performed in Europe. You know, Juventus, again, perhaps not the last couple of seasons, but prior to that, you know, were, 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 were dominating Serie A, but were still performing in Europe. Um you know, it's 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 not it's not an excuse I fully buy. You know, these are professional players. They're experienced players, the most of them. They've played in Europe a lot. They know what it's all about. They should be able to perform when the time comes and respond accordingly to the situation. So, yes, PSG totally dominate domestically, but the players they've got, there's, there's no excuse for for a failure to perform when it comes to the sort of big crunch European games. On the flip side, is it, is it a problem for the French League? I'm talking more broadly now than the actual game on uh, Wednesday night. But is it a problem for the French League? Because every time I see it, you're an expert on on the league itself. It, it, it's a good league and I'll come to something about the amount of French players who are playing in the top five European divisions in a moment. But is it a problem for the French League that there's just one team that is so good that has, you know, obviously the resources that it's got uh, make them so good? But it, what's the feeling towards PSG in the country? It's a problem, I suppose, from an, from an image perspective. You know, it, it's not a great, necessarily a great advert for Liga to have one team, you know, consistently dominating. You know, we also had we had a couple of seasons ago who, you know, performed superbly to take the title, um, but that was, you know, clearly just a bit of a one-off. Um, the problem that that, the, that Liga faces is it hasn't got the money behind it that something like the Premier League has from like the TV money and sponsorship rights. It, it, it struggles in that regard. And then obviously you've got a team like PSG who are, 
you know, bankrolled so heavily by such a, you know, a powerful force that can they can spend as much as they have spent. And when you look at things like expenditure, when you look at things like wages, when you look at turnover, you know, PSG dwarf everybody else in that league, everybody else. There's no one close to PSG when it comes to that. So it's little little surprise that they dominate so much uh, in the league. What I think people need to do with, with league, oh no, is, you know, look beyond PSG. It's very easy to look at PSG dominating and just write the league off as, you know, oh, it's a, you know, it's a hopeless league, no competition, this, that and the other. Actually, and especially this season, when you look at the, the sort of 19 teams below PSG, it's incredibly tight. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's very, very competitive. Um, you know, everybody, you know, automatically assumes that, you know, PSG will win it. And then the three teams below them will be Lyon, Marseille, Monaco. And then it's, a, you know, sort of a, a fight and a scrap for the rest of the position. Actually, this season, you know, Lyon have, have struggled at times. Monaco, as we, as people may have seen, are really struggling this season. Uh, and Marseille are yet to prove to be a consistent force. So it's a very, very competitive league once you take PSG out of the equation. So it's, it's, it's not the greatest thing to do. No one wants to see a, you know, a team completely dominate like that, unless you're perhaps a PSG fan. Um, but the league as a whole, you know, it's, it is competitive aside from that top team. You know, anybody can beat anybody. There's good football on show. As was proven in the you know, previous transfer win, the, the level of quality players that that league is capable of producing you know, year in, year out, you know, it's no it's no wonder that you've got, you know, the Premier League clubs regularly sort of harvesting off the best players. You know, Bundesliga are now, you know, a few seasons ago you'd have you wouldn't have thought the Bundesliga would be relying anywhere else for young talent, mm-hmm. but more and more German clubs are coming to France for their best players. You know, Spain are you look at you know, Barcelona, the likes of Barcelona, you know, got Dembele, obviously I know he came via Germany, but Dembele got on Titi. Um, you know, even in even in Italy, there's a little bit of inroads of French players there. So it's it's clear that there's talent there, um, and I think once once the money starts to come up a little bit in 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 the in the French league, and there have been just been bumper TV rights um, sucked off, which should allow more more cash distribution to clubs, which will help. Um, you know, we will start to see, I'm sure, the level of competition increase in France. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Really interesting that. Just obviously the coaching in France is is magnificent because over the over the years, they, as you were saying, they produce so many good plays. But it's a big thing that in the Liga that they actually get a chance. You know, they, they're actually when they're young enough, they if they're good enough, they will play. That's the thing. That's the big thing I think in France more than arguably any other top-flight division, is players are given chances. There is big investment in the, you know, the youth teams and the academy setups. Um, you know, you look at, at youth output on scale across the top five divisions, and you will see French clubs littered in those top teams, and not necessarily the big-name clubs either. Um, you know, Leon obviously had a you know excellent output. PSG spent actually have a really good academy. I know they have a much larger pool of talent available sort of locally. Um, but you know, Marseille 
a decent academy. Wren, so it's lesser lesser known teams like Wren, for example, um, have a have an excellent academy. Perhaps Usman was the most most well known of the recent um, graduates, but you've got people like Abdullah Dukure at Watford. Uh, there's there's talent that comes through all the academies in France, and yeah. They are then given time in that first team, which which no doubt helps. Just a bit of a transfer talk here. Uh, again, I'd recommend anyone to have a look at your Twitter timeline. It's really interesting. A lot of transfer news or uh, speculation on there. And one such player, a young French player, uh, sorry, a young player who's playing the French League with Lyon is Hussam Awar, I think. Have I got my pronunciation correct? Please. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not too bad. That's a first. Uh, but I know you did a really interesting article about him earlier this year. But if you could fill in any listeners who may have seen that report and what kind of player is he if, if Liverpool are targeting him? Uh, he, is a, he is a really good player. He's, uh, you know, he's one of the next sort of batch to come through that that Leon Academy. Um, he he can play either um, as a sort of just off the strikers, sort of sort of a number ten, great role. Can play out wide on the left. Um, he's very comfortable on the ball. Um, you know, he just looks confident when he's running at players. His distribution, his ability to go past play. He's not lightning quick, um, but just relies on the skill being and the natural skill that he's got. Um, you know, really, he's now starting to find his scoring form a little bit more. He's not an out-and-out goal scorer, um, but he is a creator. Um, he, as I say, he is scoring more goals now. Um, he is a really, really good good prospect and a number of clubs. Um, who are looking at him, um, and uh, you know, if Liverpool are looking at him, then certainly I think he's he's in a similar mould. He's a little bit little bit bigger, but a similar role to, to Nadal Fekir in in terms of how he plays. It's not it's not pace that he relies on. He's not the quickest, but the skill that he's got, um, his natural ability, just allows him to dictate games and. He's now starting to, you know, he is a regular in that team now. Um, yeah, very, very talented player. One to definitely keep an eye on. You mentioned the F word, <laughs> Fakir. I was going to bring it up anyway, uh, but there's always going to be an interest in there uh, from Liverpool supporters, given how close he was uh, to making the move to Anfield. It didn't work out. He went and won the, the World Cup with France, but how is his domestic season going? How is his European season going since, uh, since obviously that? The disappointment, I'm sure he felt at not making the move to Liverpool. Yeah, he's been he's been good. You know, uh, there have been one or two little niggly injuries, which may, um, you know, sort of may back up the claims that it was it was his uh, long term injury concerns that ultimately proved a fatal blow on the on the transfer. Um, but you know, he, he's still an undoubted quality player. I mean, if I'm from a Liverpool perspective, if I'm thinking of of going after a player from Lyon. Yeah, I probably would be. If I'm honestly, I would be looking at, at Hussein Howard. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think, you know, he's obviously younger. He hasn't got those injury concerns. I don't quite think he's at Nabil Fekir's talent yet, but I certainly think his ceiling is higher than Nabil Fekir's. I think that injury that Fekir had a couple of years ago just notched down how far I think Fekir could go. I think had he not had that injury, then I think. You know, he wouldn't be at Lyon now. He would be at a a much bigger club, and we could we could have been talking about the likes of Barcelona. You know, we could have been talking about the likes of 
of Manchester City. Um, you know, that, that's how far I think he could have gone. I'm not quite sure he's quite going to reach those levels now. Um, so in terms of if you want to go for the very best talent, it, it may be actually that, that a team like Liverpool switch their focus to, to our instead. Just before we wrap up, because I'm conscious I've took most of your t- a lot of time already, but just ask you about a midfielder who Liverpool did uh, sign from France in the summer, Fabinho. He's not quite hit the ground running. Have, have you, are you surprised that he's not had much of an impact so far? Uh, I am, to be perfectly honest. You know, I'm a big, big fan of his. He's, a, he's an excellent player. Um, one interesting story that came out in France yesterday, and I've no doubt that it's the convenient timing of <laughs> Wednesday's game, um, but, but Lequipe led, led with a story that, uh, obviously prior to his move to Liverpool, PSG were very keen in signing Fabinho. Um, PSG have been screaming out for a defensive midfielder for season after season and season after season have failed to recruit um, adequately in that position and I, Lequipe went with a story yesterday that, that PSG are looking to um, sort of get those get those discussions back underway um, now the, the, the comments that the Lequipe article went with were that whilst Jurgen Klopp had come out and said that he's relying on Fabinho that actually the Liverpool board may consider a move, providing they get as a minimum their money back plus a little bit more. So you'd probably be looking at around 50 million, um, 50 million euros that they would potentially consider sanctioning um, uh, Fabinho departure. Now, PSG will look at snapping him up without a doubt. And actually the deal that potentially, and as I say, this is all... This is all very, very high-level rumours. And as I say, um, it's probably no coincidence that they're rumours that have come out um, at this point in time. But the rumours seem to be that PSG would look at taking him on loan in January with a um, sort of obligatory signing, you know, commitment to signing him for £50 million in the summer. Now, I struggle to see that happening. I can't believe Liverpool would be willing to, to let a player of Fabinho's quality go without giving him that opportunity week in week out to to prove himself because he is without a doubt a very talented player and I can't say that I've seen all his Liverpool performances but performances I have seen him play for Liverpool I think he's actually looked pretty good mm-hmm. um, you know the, the style of play in the Premier League is different to France you're not going to get a player very rare anyway you get a player that hits the ground running you look at that took a little bit of time and you know, now all of a sudden, you know, he is a, he's proven to be a really quality striker for Arsenal. Fabinho needs that time. So I think if Liverpool were to let him go, I think that would probably be a mistake on Liverpool's part. Um, you know, great signing for PSG if that did come off. Um, but I think I suppose the sort of looming thing over PSG is the old financial fair play. You know, they'd still need to do it, and that's why it would be a loan signing in January rather than a, an out-and-out buy in January, because I think there is a little bit of, of outgoing business that that um, PSG would need to do in order to free up that money. And perhaps it's no no great coincidence either that over the last week or so, PSG have been tying up um, new sponsorship deals or extending existing sponsorship deals, which again will help. Um, offset against the, the you know the the finances of the club to allow them to to spend this kind of money. Definitely. Final one. Predictions for Wednesday night. Paris Saint Germain versus Liverpool. How do you how do you see it going? 
Um, I, I'm expecting this to be a good game. I think Liverpool, you know, ultimately it's, it's you know, it's, it's, a, it's a must-win game, arguably, for Liverpool as well. You know, a win, a win on Wednesday sees them through. Um, means they're not having to rely upon potentially another tricky game at home to Napoli in the final group game. Um, PSG, it's probably a lot more straightforward for them. It's it's effectively win or out. A draw doesn't necessarily mean they're definitely out, but you know it, it makes things very difficult for them. Um, and obviously they've got to they've got to go away to um, uh, to, to Belgrade in their final game. So uh, it's going to be a tense game. I think it's going to be a really good game. Um, I think PSG, with the new formation they're playing, with Mbappe and Neymar in front of the home crowd, um, I think PSG might just have enough. So um, I would go for a very narrow PSG win, maybe something like 2-1. We will see. Rich, thank you very much for joining me. And I've mentioned your Twitter uh, account on a couple of occasions during this conversation. You can just let the listeners know what your uh, Twitter name is on there so they can search for you. Absolutely, yeah. It's at Rich underscore Alan 85. Yeah, definitely recommend you following Rich. There's a lot of really good information there. And and I think uh, what we've seen really... uh, French football, the amount of good players coming out of it, there's going to be a lot more stories to come, aren't there? And good players coming over to England in the coming, coming months and years. Oh, there absolutely will be, no doubt. Thanks, mate. Really appreciate your time. Thanks, Paul. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.